Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a clip of, here's like a, let's reenact a conversation we may have had four to five years ago, Richard. Oh, Richard, that new Marvel movie is coming out. I'm so excited to see it. Are you? Of course. I've got of course. two eyes, ears, and a heart, don't I? And a, and a penis. <laughs> <laughs> and they make me so erect. Um, no, I'm, I'm so excited to see the new Marvel film, mm. of which there are only two to three per year. Mm. How exciting it must be. No one's criticising them. Everyone's relatively happy with their quality. Nothing's going wrong. Nothing's going wrong. You know what I could use more of, though? What's that? Everything. <laughs> let's get more of it. Let's let's saturate the market. Let's become synonymous with Blockbuster. Let's have people use Marvel as a shorthand for movie auditions they went to and didn't get. You know? <laughs> that's, that's what Jeremy Allen White did this week. Mm. He said that he he saw a he auditioned for a Marvely film. Who's Jeremy Allen makes, White? He's the main actor in The Bear. What's sorry? What's The Bear? Oh, we're still five years ago. Well, we're, um, we're now. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, wait. we're now. All right. <laughs> when you said we're now, I was like, oh, do you actually just not know who Jeremy Allen White is? <laughs> it's like, you know, he was in Movie 43. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. Oh, he's he's. In, I've never watched it, but he's in Shameless, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's in The... Re- no, that doesn't come out yet. Um, He's in Eternal Love. Oh, a yes. movie from 2018. Yeah, which is the current year. Yeah, which is the current year. I'm so excited for more Marvel. Richard, we're back in 2023. Okay, now let's have a conversation we might have now. Uh, get To get into character, we both know who Jeremy Allen White is. We've both yep, watched yep, yep. The Beer. Uh, I've only seen a little bit of it. Th- oh, that's your character I'm giving you. Uh, all right. <laughs> so, AJ, I, I hear you just finished The Beer. I've, I've also seen the series. But now, Here's what happens in the end, AJ. <laughs> speaking of, of consuming content, you'll mm. probably be going to see the new Marvel film. Is that correct? Uh, I wasn't aware... It was out yet, Richard. <laughs> and I've skipped the last few, and I don't think it'll make sense. Richard! <laughs> I haven't kept up with the. I've been too busy watching the beer. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Cold Pop Podcast, where five years ago we did celebratory episodes on mm. the MCU. Um, and it was. The, the spirits were high, and now, now, Richard, I don't care about talking about Marvel anymore okay well this podcast was your idea i care deeply (laughs) about talking about why i don't care about marvel anymore i care deeply about talking to you my friend i care (laughs) deeply about talking for the benefit of our listeners Mm. and And i feel deeply about talking about the season two finale of the bear (laughs) starring jeremy allen do you know know i actually haven't finished season two but i think i watched everything except the finale 
Like <laughs> we were watching it because I, I, Jess and I both watched season one separately. I, I watched it like just before season two came out. She watched it when it first came out. And then we were like, oh, we'll watch season two together. And then I think we, yeah, we have like one or two episodes to go, but we haven't watched it in like three months. Hmm. Funny stuff. F- hilarious. Funny stuff. So yeah, we are we are living in the downward spiral of superhero movies broadly, but I feel like it's easier to say the MCU, it's easier to say Marvel, a series which I genuinely felt excited for. I mean, I reckon Endgame, one of the best cinematic experiences I've ever had. Yeah. I didn't love all of them, but I really liked uh, seeing what each new movie would do with the formula. And they didn't feel like they were the symbol of the very death of cinema itself. Yeah. Which is kind of what they feel like now. Yeah. So what we're going to do today is just to spice things up and to add some structure to our little Marvel conversation we're going to have. I've got three rounds of a quiz I'm going to give to AJ and then we'll use each of those as sort of a jumping off point for a different discussion around Marvel and, Mm. you know, like a lot of commentators, kind of using Marvel as a catch-all term for like superhero blockbusters. But the Mm -hmm. first thing we're going to do is there's been a lot of talk recently about whether or not Marvel movies are quote-unquote cinema. And what we're going to do here is, AJ, I've got... Because also the, the hot thing to do in every interview is ask any kind of creative person what they think of Marvel. Would they ever do a Marvel film? What do they think of superhero movies? Just And then it becomes a headline. It's, it's great. I've literally just... It's not out yet, but I've literally just finished editing a junket interview with Ridley Scott for Napoleon, hmm. in which he unprompted just says we are inundated with superhero movies yeah. and i was like oh looks like this video is gonna go viral yeah. <laughs> so i i'm gonna give you a quote from someone and you have to mm. I just identify who that quote is from feel okay. free to keep your own score there's 10 questions per round three rounds okay so the round is called who said that <laughs> so the first quote is going to the movies has become like a theme park hmm who said that? That that was Martin Scorsese. Incorrect. Okay. This is actually a quote from... Tw- if I were writing this quiz, I would have put the Scorsese quote first. So, and that's 100% of why I guessed that. Yeah, so uh, this, was for, this is a quote from 2017, two years before Martin Scorsese made Damn. that quote. And this is a quote from Jodie Foster, who went on to say, studios making bad content in order to appeal to the masses and shareholders is like fracking. You get the best return right now, but you wreck the earth. It's ruining the viewing habits of the American population and then ultimately the rest of the world. Jodie Foster is great. The more (laughs) I learn about Jodie Foster, the more I'm like, hell yeah, Jodie Foster. What an astute thing to say in 2017 when when we were still sucking off from the teat of (laughs) of Kevin Feige, you know? Like, we were still lapping that shit up. I remember specifically thinking 2017 was a fantastic year for Marvel. Yeah, because that was like Thor Ragnarok. Spider-Man Homecoming. And Guardians 2. Yeah. It's, that was the best year for the MCU. Yeah, absolutely. Like, pound for pound. Yeah. But yeah, no, interesting, like, like the reason I, I put it in there to trip you up was, yeah, the, interestingly, the theme park thing first said by Jodie Foster. Mm. So... Mm. Second one, the fact that the films themselves don't interest me is a matter of personal taste and temperament. I know that if I were younger, 
If I'd come of age at a later time, I might have been excited by these pictures and maybe even wanted to make one myself. He did say pictures, which is going to make me think once again, this is from Martin Scorsese. Yeah, so this is from Martin Scorsese, you're correct. Nice. So this is his, when he called Marvel movies theme park rides, and then he did that like op-ed that was... I called mm. Marvel movies theme park rides. Let me explain. That's a quote from this. Mm. So it's actually, you know, reasonably kind to them. And, you know, he's kind of become the face of the anti-Marvel movement. But mm. calling something a theme park ride isn't necessarily that much of an insult. Not not at all. Not at all. And yeah. I think he is communicating something much deeper. And it's really funny. Do you remember what you thought of Martin Scorsese's comments back when he said them in what 2018 2019 do you remember what you what your first reaction was are, are you like do you do you remember my first reaction are you gonna like throw I'm it not, back I'm at not me tricky. i'm okay. not tricky i'm not tricky because I, I i get where he's coming from I, i've always gone where he's mm. coming from and the thing of mm. like because he talks about back in my day you know the cinema and the, you know this, mm. this 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 word cinema has become like mm. is now you know you got to define it. Basically, that it's like those theme park rides, cinema were all the same thing. You would go and watch Dog Day Afternoon, and that would be mm. the biggest selling movie. Of the I don't know if it actually was of that year, but it's like yeah, yeah. those. Were, I mean, we just did a Patreon episode on The Sixth Sense, which was the mm. second highest grossing film of 1999 after The Phantom the Menace. Sixth Sense was yeah. holy shit. That movie, that movie like The Sixth Sense wouldn't break the top 10. Well, yeah. One, yeah, might even get a theatrical release. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that, that like, and you can kind of attribute this to as well, like the success of Jaws ended the new Hollywood era and brought in the blockbuster mm. era. But even Jaws is an in, like intensely oh, exa- more intelligent, intellectual yeah. film than, than like captain marvel you know yeah i should have picked one that menace men <laughs> yeah it's already been said it's already been said. but the yeah like the because i I watched a really when we were doing the director project i watched this i think i've mentioned a few times this really interesting interview with steven spielberg from 1992 mm. where the guys talking to him about how like you you've been called responsible for like the death of hollywood because now People are expecting Spielberg-sized hits and they're putting more money into films and they're requiring the same sort of return on investment. And mm. Spielberg just kind of says, that's not my cross to bear. Like, you know, I, I make these films. But, you know, like, yeah. So at the time throughout the 80s, essentially it was like Spielberg was the the face of ruining Hollywood. And now he's like, you know, the seen as one of the golden well, boys and- of the golden age. And wasn't that quote just before he dropped Jurassic Park exactly. and so, Schindler's List? But also, yeah, part of this interview was talking about, like, I can't remember exactly how the interviewer phrased it, but it was like, how does it feel knowing that you'll never get an Oscar now because your career is ostensibly over? You know, like, you, people don't make good films this far into their career. And it's like, yeah, the next year he dropped Schindler's List, one best picture <laughs> and best director, and mm. dropped Jurassic Park, one of the most successful films of all time. Yeah. So... I think when when I first heard this quote, I remember Taika Waititi was asked about it. Mm. And he was just like, well, he's wrong. You go to the cinema to watch Thor Ragnarok. You'd like, mm. it is cinema. And I thought it was so funny. And like, I thought like he was a, that Scorsese was being a bit of a snob. I remember um, John Favreau was like, Scorsese has earned the right to say whatever the fuck he wants 
a bit. Yeah, I remember, and um, Robert Downey Jr. was on Howard Stern and was just like, "What? Why the fuck are people asking Scorsese? Like, who the fuck? Of course, that's what he thinks." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because at the time, I f- I genuinely felt more inclined to be a defender of superhero blockbusters and now i'm a little bit older i've explored my own artistry in the last couple years and i wouldn't say it's it's funny it's like i'm a real big fan of scorsese but i'm not crazy about any of his films necessarily or at least not i haven't seen all of them and and i Mm. need to but like he just seems like he's the the best filmmaker in the world right now that's that's kind of how i feel about him and it's like yeah, dude probably has fucking wisdom out of... That's probably what's filling up his massive eyebrows, is all the <laughs> wisdom he has about art and filmmaking and shit. And it's like, we should have listened to him. And now, Taika Waititi, a villain in Hollywood yeah, now. Yeah. You know? like <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's it's funny. It's it's like, it's it's so... It was, it was so quaint back then... But he was fucking right, and it just got worse. I think if you read the op-ed, it, it makes a lot of sense that it's like, yeah, talking about that their their theme park rides, they're just meant to thrill and not make to make you think. Maybe we've got a few more quotes to get through, so the next one follows straight on the back from that. Uh, and which director said, Martin was kind when he said it's not cinema. He didn't say it's despicable, which I just say it is. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Ridley Scott again. Is that is that Ridley? Uh, no, that's Francis Ford Coppola. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of course, it's like someone of that era. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's despicable. Yeah. I like how this is being scaled. Yeah. No, look, it's it's so frustrating because you were saying like the comparison comparison to Spielberg. You know, people ask him what's it like to have ruined movies mm. right before he dropped Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. It's like the thing is that's not that same swoop is not going to happen to superhero movies. I don't think. I think I you're, don't, you're, I you're, think, you're not confident in Francis Ford Coppola's Megalopolis. Well, that's notwithstanding, to be honest. <laughs> but I'm, I'm more, I more mean superhero movies as an entity are not going to have the same like cl- coming in clutch that Jurassic Park and Schindler's List had for the Spielberg yeah, argument, yeah, yeah. right? Like it is already too late, and I think that the bigger problem here is like superhero movies they're they're so the formula that they must follow mm. is so much more restrictive than what any given director can continue to make movies about mm. and i think that formula is, is is a seldom discussed reason for why they kind of suck now is like yeah we get it they got superpowers they got they got to fight a, a world-ending villain. Like, even... It's got to the point where even the subversions of this are, like, overdone. Mm. Where, like, things like The Boys, the boys and Invincible. Deadpool, yeah. Yeah, it's like, these are all already here, and they might be good in their own right, but, like, I'm so uninterested in, in watching what, what film Twitter called cape shit mm. these days, you know? Like, it's just... It's all... Even the stuff that's making fun of it is still complying to it. Yeah, well, something like know? The Boys as well is, like, becoming the very thing that's war to destroy. That it's like... Right. The Boys makes fun of the corporate conglomeration of, like... And there's a mm. lot of digs at Marvel and DC and that, but it's like... 
they've just finished their season one of their spinoff. They've got like they had like an animated spinoff that it's like it's becoming the, the its enterprise own. is expanding. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. And that that capitalist like kind of like view on art of making the cinematic universe Hmm. look where that went there was a time when we would laugh right we would say everyone's trying to do cinematic universes and only marvel is succeeding and now marvel's not succeeding Hmm. and they're they're being swallowed by themselves and like look at something like scoob a movie which should have been a scooby-doo movie that bafflingly decides to be a superhero movie and tries to set up a universe like the that formula i was talking about is spilling and infecting movies that don't need to be that format you know Mm. can you tell me who said i've learned that you don't make a 170 million dollar movie with someone else's money and not have to collaborate a lot the marvel experience was particularly wrenching because i was sort of given absolute freedom while we were shooting and then in post it turned into a different movie so that is something i hope to never repeat and don't wish upon anyone else okay all right i'm gonna throw out a few names Mm -hmm. Who, um, so Kenneth Branagh is the first one I'm thinking. Yep. Don't, don't tell me if I'm right directed or wrong. Directed Thor 1. D- directed Thor 1. Uh, who fucking directed uh, first Captain America and Jurassic Park? Joe Johnston? Yep. It might be him. Um, it's not going to be any of the big names because they're still, as far as I can think, they're still in the pocket of Big Marvel. Um, so, or Louis, Louis Leterrier, mm-hmm. maybe? Who did? Is it any of those? Hulk? Yeah, is it any of those three? It is not. No? Okay, give me give me a bit more. Okay, who directed... It won't be Peyton Reed. He's the biggest... He's he's their little baby, I think. At the <laughs> yeah. Peyton Reed. He doesn't have a career without Marvel. He I would think. never speak out against the tent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oh, is it Edgar Wright? No. No. That would make sense, though. I don't yeah. know. Who is it? Uh, it's Alan Taylor, director of Thor The Dark World. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Of course it is. That's the one that makes the most sense. Yeah. The yeah. one like who has since proven that he has like probably the least exciting creative vision on his own. <laughs> but also like, you know, it's, it's just, you know, I don't want to bag on him too much, but it's like this guy coming from TV where the point of TV is you are there to service the showrunner's vision mm. and then to go, yeah, I hated working in this machine. It's like, it was kind of perfect for you, dude. Like, and then because he went on after that to do the Terminator Genesis, which was also really bad. His machine, though, was Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones yeah. So I can understand feeling like you're hot shit on toast coming out of Game of mm. Thrones, and then being like, "This machine's not as good as my last machine." Yeah, yeah. Oh, so he did do one film called Palookaville before Thor, but then he also did The Many Saints of Newark. Oh, he did. Oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, yeah, interesting. Uh, this is a nice, simple quote. Who said, I actually hate them? <laughs> um, Spike Lee. No, that's a good guess. I'm, try- I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of, like, directors that don't give a fuck about yeah. what people think of them. Uh, is it a director? Or, or it's a director, a yeah. It is a director. Um, I actually hate them. Matt Johnson. That sounds like something. <laughs> uh, no, this is from Jane Campion. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. What? Do you have a full quote? Uh, I'll see if I can. I'll see if I can get more. 
<laughs> okay. Oh, so the full quote is, I hate them, she said to Variety. I actually hate them. <laughs> That's it. She said, I think it's safe to say I will never do that. They're so noisy and like ridiculous. Sometimes you get a good giggle, but I don't know what the thing is with the capes, a grown man in tights. I feel like it must come from pantomime. It's interesting. That's kind of a boring rest of the quote. Like, I hate mm, when people are just like, capes are stupid, tights are stupid. It's like... Yeah, that that's a very, like, what someone wouldn't like about superhero movies in the 80s. Yeah. It's not really commenting on the, like, monopoly they have on the block on the box office. Well, there's also, like, because occasionally you get actors who are like, I would never, you know, fuck, I'm never going to do tights and shit. And it's just like... Fuck! It, like, to me, like, that's just... You know, say they're destroying cinema. Don't just like yeah. have your masculinity offended yeah. by the fact you, you might have to wear tights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. this one's actually a reasonably recent quote. Who said, there's always a place for them. They're always inspirational. As a little kid, those were the things I loved. Going to see big movies, sitting out of space and take it in and escape from where we are. I hope they continue. Hmm. Gonna go left a field here. I'm gonna say Greta Gerwig. That's a, that's a good guess. Yeah, this is mm. a quote from the red carpet of Taika Waititi's new film, where and that's from Taika Waititi, and to so being asked about superhero fatigue, etc., uh, which we'll talk a bit more about later on. But the yes, yeah, so it sort of said you know he said he got a little bit fatigued from working in a big machine, so that's why he did a smaller film, and he's going to do another smaller film next as well but mm. says I still enjoy superhero movies. But yeah, it's interesting to get a more positive one on. Yeah, it's still it's very it still feels very gun to the back of his head. Well, yeah, cuz he's still signed on to do a he's, Star Wars film. Star Wars. Which he yeah, says is yeah, going yeah. to piss people off cuz it's racist. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like <laughs> like the thing is that like Taika Waititi 5 6 years ago being like yeah my star wars film's probably going to piss some people off is like oh man those star wars edge lords need like a you know kick in the pants like yes please bring your taika waititi flavor and now it's like yeah of course it's probably going to piss people off it's a taika waititi film i want to pivot slightly to talk about taika waititi maybe this is a topic for a, a different podcast or or something like that but i feel like so i've heard next goal wins is not very good yeah that's the word on the street and i wonder if because his star is it's not falling he's still going to get work for the rest of his life i, I think like, it, not not necessarily his star but like the public worship of him is yeah falling, yeah. yeah and i wonder do you reckon in 20 30 years we will see taika waititi's career as being like good until jojo rabbit or do you think we will forget about this period he's in mm. and he's actually going to like find himself again i reckon that's gonna happen and i reckon yeah. this like vitriol against him is actually the temporary shift and not the new status quo i think yeah he just like for that to happen i think he maybe just needs to go away for a little bit that it's like it's oversaturation and also not only oversaturation of taika waititi but like people trying to emulate his style yeah as well yeah. and but yeah like Did taika waititi kill cinema richard <laughs> are we getting taika waititi fatigue <laughs> taika waititi fatigue <laughs> <laughs> so here's another quote naturally marvel and dc comics and star wars have pretty much taken over it's ruining our industry a little bit because nobody does anything original anymore uh i'm gonna say that is david fincher 
Oh, good guess, but that is Roland Emmerich. Oh, that's right. What a fucking dipshit. <laughs> what a funny thing for Roland Emmerich <laughs> to say. Because here's the thing, Roland. Your movies are not only exactly the same thing as Marvel, <laughs> they're worse than Marvel. <laughs> Roland Emmerich has never made a movie better than Ant-Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Have you seen Moonfall? No. Jesus Christ. Was, was, did you he know Geostorm? What... I think I saw that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Do you know what the, the, the most horrible thing about Moonfall is? Oh, you've told me. I can't what it is. It's, it yeah. relentlessly praises Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the most, like cringe fucking way. It's got it's got Sam from Game of Thrones in it. And there's this one part where he's just like, God, I love Elon. And it's like, Roland, the world doesn't think this way. This is not a ubiquitous opinion that you can just slip into a film and think no one's going to, like, everyone's going to be like, yeah, everyone loves Elon. When did, <laughs> when did Moonfall come out? I want to say 2022. Oh, 2022. What the fuck? Yeah. That was yeah. last year. Holy shit. Yeah, the feels like a lifetime ago. But yeah, I would say, like, that, that perception of Elon Musk was true, but like eight, nine years ago now. Like, there was yeah, the Simpsons episode yeah. where he plays himself and it's just praising him, yeah. which is one of the worst episodes of The Simpsons. It's very cringy, but it's like, that was sort of reflective of the public perception of Elon Musk at the time. Mm. Do you think in 20, 30 years, we will look back and see, like, Elon Musk stop being good after he bought Twitter? Or do you think we will turn <laughs> around and just see this as a dark patch? For yeah, him? the cyber truck is actually going to change everything. <laughs> I heard recently that... um all the big advertiser uh, advertisers are ditching Twitter because Elon Musk is just like blatantly too... anti-Semitic. Yeah, just being openly like anti-Semitic and shit on Twitter. Yeah. So this is this is not a filmmaker, but this is an actor. Says I feel mm-hmm. kind of like ridiculous saying no when it hasn't been asked, but it's not something that I am pining to do. I don't know if I would have the patience required. I think sometimes you have to make a decision to let other projects go for. 5, 10, 15 years, and that would be really sad. I think this is a pre-Joker Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> no, that, that would be good. This is uh, current, like, either fan cast or rumour for the Human Torch, Paul Mescal. Ah, nice. Hmm. My my celebrity male crush. Yeah, so I, I put him in there for you. Uh, I've got a couple more. These last two uh both good quotes. This one is the best films are driven by the characters and we'll come to superheroes after this if you want because I'll crush it. I'll fucking crush it. They're fucking boring yes. as shit. <laughs> yes! <laughs> is that still saying that they would do one? No, no, it's like uh, unprompted being like, we'll come back around to superhero movies. I'll fucking crush them. Right. I thought he's saying like, uh, they are so boring, I would ace it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's an actor? No, no, this, this, this one's a filmmaker again. A, a filmmaker? Okay, let's go... Um, hmm, let's go... Wes Anderson. <laughs> uh, no, this was Ridley Scott. Nice, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And the last one, I, you probably won't get the director of this, but this is the most sort of uh, <laughs> inflammatory quote I could find. <laughs> uh, the, the filmmaker said, it's like the question, did Hitler create Nazi Germany or did Nazi Germany create Hitler? Do you think the Marvel moon movies are turning the Americans stupid or is the whole of America turning so stupid that they need such stupid movies to represent their minds? 
wow, I'm blown away by how accurate that is. What an incredible quote. Is that Yui Bowl? Who is that? Yeah, that's uh, Gaspar Noe. Oh, Gaspar, yeah, I know who he is. Yep. Um, yeah, totally. And that's But that's it's also it, just right? like it's, bringing up Hitler as <laughs> <is> like um, <laughs> insane. Yeah. Insane. No, it's it's so it's so um it's such a it's such a you know attacking the source of the problem as as all you know all this all this shit is cyclical. It's not even just in Hollywood, it's in politics that you know climates beget dictators and mm-hmm and they thrive because of the climate that created them it's the same thing yeah no that's such a good question like is yeah is it are we stuck in like a death cycle of Mm. um superhero movies because because how how what would you say when would you say superhero movies started to become like a massive genre like you get one a week kind of i would probably say 2012 with the avengers 2012 with the avengers so that is 11 years and i would say there's not really any signs of it slowing down there's signs of it falling off yeah but not slowing stuff is already like actively in production for at least the next let's say four to five years Mm. right so that gives us a 16 year at least um timeline for this subgenre. Mm. That do you think though in like 20 to 30 years we're going to look yeah. back and see yes. this is like yes yes absolutely the i, I will say the, the thing that i think you know to use the 20 or 30 years argument is i think that you know maybe sooner than that in 10 years or so i think we're probably going to look back at 2023 as quite a pivotal year in, in film and i think like not only obviously we had the two big strikes but then also that there was like a lot of these surefire hits this year have flopped. Like things like mm-hmm. um, Indiana Jones 5 being one of the classic examples. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's just after years and years of just shoveling shit into our mouths and us mm. being hungry for more, we've actually gone, no, I'm not really interested. And then you look at the, the, the highest grossing films of the year i mean they're not necessarily the actual highest but like um barbie and oppenheimer and the whole thing around that i think that for the next little while hollywood is going to learn the wrong lessons from those films and be like oh we got to do counter programming blah blah blah, all this shit polly pocket movie yeah exactly but the the fact that there is a big budget film about the inventor of the atomic bomb and it grossed almost a billion dollars is insane like what a what a crazy sentence you, you reckon it, it bodes well for the for the future well i think i think that it, you know and it might t- you might be a few years before we actually see the proper ripple effects of it but it's mm-hmm. like the, the this year people got behind original films like auteur driven films to an extent and rejected um you know like indiana jones 5 yeah quantum mania yeah, no, totally totally because not only are those films the highest grossing of the year so it's like it's like we're saying it's it's like it's a it's a hopeful sign that we are we are returning to the the days where the sixth sense can be the second highest grossing movie of the year right um especially with something like oppenheimer which is what movies in the 70s and 80s you know that's probably what when i imagine 
yeah movies like oppenheimer were doing their best but then you look at something like you can go go like oh well barbie it's still like a a symbol of a conglomerate it's still this it's still that but it's like yeah but look at the influences of barbie Mm. it's fucking singing in the rain and the red shoes like the the barbie being the highest grossing movie of all time as less of the year like the right lesson to learn from this is not um this post lego movie meta yeah comedy it's actually like people yearn for the sets <laughs> yeah people yearn for old hollywood and i wonder if if the right lesson and you know i'm sure this will get corrupted and people will get fatigued by it as well but is the is the right call here to actually return to the ways of old and yeah not- well it's, it's like the the fact of barbie and oppenheimer as well like part of the big success of those is that it's like these are both great directors that were given free reign to hmm. to do and it's like that that trusted. thing trusted they were trusted yeah it's like you give you know you you make something that you want to watch you tell jokes that you would laugh mm. at and it's like you give these directors just like such a pure vision of like how you want to tell mm. the story that people are going to respond to that but then when you have everyone else putting in and taking away things that gets muddied and it's like this is no one's vision so no one because it's not human it's people no can't respond vision. to it so good the directors the people who are supposed to be doing it's supposed to be trusted with the vision are not being trusted with the vision and instead it's studio heads and producers being trusted with the vision and it's like kevin feige's not a director david zaslav not a director well, not even a fucking you know? businessman he's just an idiot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this is what i'm you know what i mean like yeah. this is we're not breaking new ground here but it's cool to kind of dissect it and reach it in in this conversation that it's like yeah it's soulless cash grabbers who are the ones that are deciding story now fuck that's spooky isn't it like that's where we're at is that it's it's the people who look at numbers on paper are deciding what story is now and it's like people don't want to see that kevin people don't want to see the same twist or the same formula repeated over and over they want to see people who have unique perspectives on the world and it's like kevin feige seems to get that somewhat Mm. you know what i mean like like it sucks that the marvel down spiral is happening after ike perlmutter left right Mm. it sucks that the good period of marvel is the period of marvel where we got 20 films in a row starring straight white male superheroes (laughs) before we got anything more diverse and now that um kevin feige is like in control he's got the like enough of the like social awareness to hire directors of color or female directors to step in for a change but mate i used to see that as a good thing but maybe i'm starting to see it as a cynical thing maybe he's seeing it as less of a a actual organic move to create Mm. a more diverse range of stories and maybe he's actually just seeing it as like the brownie points he'll get for Mm. assigning a director you know, like a, a um, a, maybe like a, a black director, a movie, a director who fits the then, the demographic of the film. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like yeah, hi- hire controlling it. Ow. Yeah, like hire a, I mean, Destin Daniel Credden just today stepped down from directing Kang Dynasty, but that was going to be crazy. One of the one massive of the, news. One of the yeah. first like, uh, you know, people of color, 
or you know, you know, not a straight white man who was going mm. to direct a film not about a straight white man. But the ah, weirdly right. talk, talking about the thing about like um the the producers in Hollywood that like weirdly I think that I mean A twenty four doesn't as much have like a head that's making these decisions as but like Jason Blum from Blumhouse is like for Blumhouse makes some weird and terrible movies but like <laughs> he because he, in a similar way to like Kevin Feige he is the sort of head of that and or or you know David Zaslav is to Warner Brothers but it's like yeah he seems to be someone that actually is prioritizing story and giving and especially in that like you know ever shrinking mid-budget film market which also A24 plays on that yeah yeah even though Blumhouse isn't necessarily like the bastion of quality i think that they are quite a good and um yeah totally totally and it's like you know we, and, we should we should get more blumhouses in the future and you know who i think is the the wolf in sheep's clothing here the beautiful satan that we're all trusting but is actually going to be just as bad as everyone else who james gunn yeah james gunn has the like respect of nerds Mm. because he's made some good superhero movies i do not think his reboot of dc is i think best case scenario then gonna be nothing you know Mm. nothing out of the ordinary i think i think like i'm just so i think i've said this on the podcast before he was like the flash is my favorite movie of 2023 before it came out i have not seen the flash so (laughs) feel free to chew me out for that but i have seen the scene from the flash that looks like the embodiment of the death of cinema cinema (laughs) right and if you can see that and say this is the best movie of the year even if even if he's lying even if he's placating for the studio to try and sell the movie if he thought the flash was bad if I was James Gunn and I thought The Flash was bad, I would have refused. I would have said, no, no, no. You're wanting people to trust me mm. with the future of DC. The only way to do that is to... <laughs> to let me say The Flash is bad. Me. Don't ask me about oh, yeah. it, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I'm not... I'm actually not... I don't really like James Gunn movies that much. I, th- I think he's kind of overrated. But, like, regardless, it's like... I he was like the prop people don't have superhero fatigue they're sick of seeing the same thing and then I watched Guardians of the Galaxy three and I was like all right this didn't move me this didn't this felt like more or less the same thing <laughs> you know like I'm not convinced by him at all well yeah I mean talking of James Gunn obviously you know there's this new slate at DC announced but we've also got you know the Sony universe coming up there's like I mentioned the boys Invincible yada yada that it's like oh my god the Sony universe these movies look like the worst we, we, we will we will come to them but oh my god yeah there there is a lot of even non-Marvel superhero projects coming up so I've got 10 questions for you about upcoming projects that's right it's a quiz <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah the, just talk about we're going to be talking about do we think yeah. that these lead to superhero fatigue so your first question okay. is which band has an album which is the same name as the subtitle for the joker sequel um incubus now do you would you know the the joker subtitle folly adieu yeah so that was the name of fallout boys 
last album before they went on hiatus for a while. Some good songs on that album. They get cancelled for that boy. No, you might be thinking Panic at the Disco. I was thinking Panic at the Disco. Yeah. I think he was because uh, getting cancelled musician fatigue. Because <laughs> <laughs> Panic at the Disco, by the end of the you know, the last two or three albums, was just Brendan Urie, and I think he right. was one of the Me Too era people that was like, "Yeah, you know what? I've done some bad shit, and I'm going to do better." And people, oh nice but okay yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna do better and everyone's like no you aren't we want you out of the spotlight for the rest of your life <laughs> yeah well he just disappeared and then i think dropped one album was like i'm out right so you excited for the joker sequel aj kind of <laughs> like of all it's funny isn't it because like the joker always felt like it was like the jo- first joker felt like it was skirting the line of this super fatigue it had scorsese was an ep on it and yeah. it was like well if you said that then blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he wasn't and an I, ep by the time the film came out but he was originally going to be i believe oh shit wow um i don't like todd phillips i think from what the comments i've heard him make i don't think he's a very good person yeah and i think joker uh, all these years later now that i can you know comment on the movie without worrying that it's going to inspire (laughs) (laughs) without worrying that it's going to inspire a mass shooting um i can say that i think joker is an example of a movie where everything is like 10 out of 10 except the director i think the director's like a two out of ten <laughs> like the the direction on that movie is insane it's aimless it's immature it's childish but the acting is so good the cinematography is gorgeous the, the score, music yeah. so the, the score's so good can and i joker j- just for people mm. that uh you know might not be as into filmmaking and stuff that like how can you say that everything is 10 out of 10 but the directing is bad because the the story and the and i'm not just talking about the script because directing is also like turning everything's attention toward your central idea and tone right? is one so, of the big things as well to, to, as well so so if your movie is about how crime doesn't pay if that's your theme, this is a, a very simplistic illustration of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. If your movie, you say, is about how crime doesn't pay, you need every cosmic decision in that movie to agree with the theme, right? You need every, you would have things like, for example, you would see microcosms of that theme play out through the movie, you know, you would see, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Like you are answering a question with a film. That's what a director's doing. And, the Joker, I, Joker, I'm not sure what it's asking. I'm not sure what it's saying exactly. But it just feels very ham-fisted. It feels very guy who didn't know anything about mental health thinking, yeah, I could make a movie about mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it's a very, it feels like a very immature and kind of dangerous way to discuss certain certain subjects. In this um, Ridley Scott interview that I've just edited, mm-hmm. He says he feels that Joker. It's as I don't know why Letterbox was like, yeah, put this in because it's like this kind of feels like something we shouldn't put in. But Ridley Scott says like he's like I talked to Joaquin because he's playing Napoleon. I talked to Joaquin about Joker. It's so spectacular, so amazing. I do think that it kind of condones violence, which I don't like. Mm-hmm. And I told Joaquin that, and he didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> so what it is is Todd Phillips is not an, not an intelligent enough man to say a big profound statement on 
the society depicted in Joker. Whereas someone like society. Martin Scorsese, who is yeah, someone like Martin Scorsese, who, with which Joker is indebted to, it's essentially like a remake of half a dozen of Scorsese King of Comedy films. specifically, yeah, which is yeah, a or, fucking or Taxi great Driver film. as well. I haven't seen King of Comedy. It's it's. I'm going to watch it very soon though. It's slept um, on. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. <laughs> the um, Scorsese TikTok. What, according to Scorsese, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I it's like Scorsese can answer these questions. You watch Killers of the Flower Moon, and it's this hard gripping, like depressing statement on America. Mm. And it's like, yeah, I understand more or less what Scorsese's saying about it. Same thing for Irishman. Same thing for Wolf of Wall Street. Same thing for a, the handful of other Scorsese movies I've actually seen. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so that's what I mean when I say it's a bad director. Is that it's not saying it's the acting, the cinematography, and the score smarter than the person telling the story. Yeah, basically. What was this? At the, why was it? Oh, am I excited for Joker Folly Adieu? Yeah, because it's they said it's a musical, and I think that sounds bananas. Yeah, and I yeah. think Lady Gaga's a fun actor, actress, and I think she's a pretty good cast for Harley Quinn. Yeah, it's also um, like a, a serious musical is like mm, a fun concept. Mm, mm. I think they should let Todd Phillips go and let someone else take it over. Scorsese. Yeah. yeah. No. no, I mean you could. He's I like know. I said. About- I, I said I didn't like superhero movies. I didn't say anything about supervillain movies. Supervillain movies. <laughs> um, what about someone like Emerald Fennell, or mm. you know, like get get one of these new like. I, I would prefer a female voice directing a joke. I think that would be super interesting, right? And mm. see what that looks like. And I don't know. I'm just I'm just chatting shit now. What's the question? <laughs> uh, so. Next one, this is actually a, a project that's fallen over but was supposed to come out in two months and there was just no updates and then <laughs> a, until like a month ago it was like, mm. yeah, still going to come out in January. But how many individual comic issues does El Muerto appear in who was supposed oh, to be played by uh, Bad Bunny? Uh, two or three? Uh, Twelve individual issues but yeah. like two series. Yeah, like two appearances. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. But yeah, like literally just bad bunny was like i want to play a character and they were like cool and i guess they just went like opened up all the spider-man comics control f mexican this is the one that came up he's a mexican wrestler but yeah due to bad bunny's like touring schedule uh the the film seems to have fallen over it was taken off the release schedule here's the thing though there's something i'm not here's a here's a hot take on the el muerto movie is that actually a better route to go than you're not tied Madden to anything yeah. or yeah or craven because because you can say oh he only appears in 12 issues of spider-man it's like yeah okay um captain jack sparrow never appeared in anything before mm. pirates of the caribbean you know like that's as close to a unique idea and and brilliant ideas come from like piggybacking off a small reference and something yeah, all yeah. the time you know i don't know i think well, I mean, like, parts of the caribbean I'm, like the whole zombie pirate thing comes from just one line at the start of the ride mm, mm, yeah there you go what's the line the dead men tell no tales and it kind of looks like a skeleton is saying it and they were like fuck <laughs> what if a skeleton could talk that'd be a good move <laughs> yeah. skeleton to talk yeah so like in that sense i'm saying like, i don't know enough about bad buddies acting chops he was or in, even anything um, about bullet it. train this character was quite fun oh well, from memory no so yeah i'm just saying i don't think it's as much of a write-off as people seem to yeah i mean actually no because it's sony 
making it. So yeah. yes, it is a write-off. Yeah, exactly. If it wasn't, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with that. Yeah. There's. Do you know the villain Kite Man? Maybe. It's like it's yeah, like a Batman, so. one of the you know if Silver Age. Yeah. yeah. There. Uh, yeah. There's a there's a Kite Man animated series coming out soon, and mm-hmm. it's got a subtitle. It's called Kite Man. Subtitle. What is the subtitle of that series? The Adventures of Kite Man. So you think it's called Kite Man? The Adventures of Kite Man. I think that'd be funny. Yeah, that is funny. Uh, it's called Kite Man. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, this sounds. I don't know anything about this, but it sounds like another The Boys Invincible. Yeah. Deadpool Apparently, I haven't watched it. And I don't really know much about it, but my Adventures Harley with- Quinn, the Harley yeah. Quinn show. That's but the um my adventures with superman is apparently really good i just don't care enough to watch yeah. any of the shit anymore yeah, richard i'm sick of it you know uh well will you be watching the themyscira political drama which is set before the birth of wonder woman and can you tell me the title of that wonder woman <laughs> with a y. that's what i'd call it that's with a y well like you know we use like women and they spell it with a y instead of an e so it like doesn't contain the word men heard of that oh really yeah yeah well anyway i would call it wonder woman and the studio would be like aj you can't call it that i, I, would, <laughs> AJ, get I would threat <laughs> i would threaten to walk if i couldn't call it wonder woman uh it's called paradise lost oh uh, yeah this is this is the same problem you get with like okay this we're putting this in a category of superhero cape shit right that's like um i'd put gotham in there i'd put anything that's like a TV show or movie where they don't have the titular character mm. and they're trying to flesh out the world. And here's the thing about that. It's stupid because what Alfred, the origins of Batman's Butler, right? Which was a prequel Without, to V for Vendetta. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's probably the, one of the more interesting things about it. Right. But it's like, what does this mean? You know, like if, if if it's a prequel about Alfred, who I know nothing about, and Batman's not in it, you could change his name. Yeah, why does it need to be an original? Yeah. yeah, and same with Gotham. If it's before Batman became Batman, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess it's care. just like that. Like it's literally just name recognition. Totally, totally. But who is watching Wonder Woman? And going, fuck, I want to know about the fuck, political, I want a political drama. Yeah. <laughs> about Themyscira, you know? Which upco- upcoming project is to be directed by one of the minds behind Homestar Runner? Um, Earthworm Jim, the live action. <laughs> uh, no, Craig Zobel is directing the first episode of the Penguin series on the HBO Max. Penguin? Yeah. Didn't even know that was coming out. Is that related to Gotham or are we just, just casting another Penguin? No, no, this is, this is with Colin Farrell. Oh, I am interested in that show. <laughs> I'm interested in Okay, okay, so that is in that same category of this like outskirts of the IP, right? Yeah. But it, the difference here is Colin Farrell's Penguin has been proven to me yeah. as an engaging performance. I thought he was the best part of the Batman. Yeah. Um so I yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, when you right, when you see the upcoming corner. slate of DC films, whoa, what are you showing me there for? <laughs> Yeah, so we've found a corner of the cape shit that I'm still somewhat invested in. Yeah. But even then, I could see myself watching the first episode and being like, oh, yep, cool, and then not picking it up again. But yeah, Craig Zobel has yeah he created Homestar Runner with Mike and Matt Chapman, the brothers chaps, mm-hmm. and 
yeah, then went on to make to direct like the leftovers compliance Z for Zechariah the Hunt recently. And one of his biggest sort of things was Mirror of East Town, the Kate Winslet show. Nice. So one of the other shows you mentioned before that's coming up is or one of the other movies, sorry. Uh Craven the Hunter. Which God, I thought you were gonna say Earthworm Jim and I was gonna be like, Richard, I made that up. <laughs> I just thought of an obscure superhero. But yeah, there there was one of the sort of the most well regarded Craven the Hunt uh, Craven the Hunter comic was Craven's Last Hunt, which came out in nineteen eighty seven and is usually is adapted quite often or like, you know, taken in whenever craven appears and things but after that in 1987 when did craven next appear in the amazing spider-man after 1987 yeah okay i'm gonna take a wild guess is this a crazy answer not that not necessarily that crazy oh, okay uh my crazy answer was gonna be he's never appeared again nice yeah uh <laughs> 2009 was the next appearance so they actually genuinely that retired the quite... character for quite a while that wow. was like this really well regarded storyline was his last time yeah with that it was like where he dies and then they actually wrote the character out for like two decades mm. interesting okay so i want to talk about spumka or whatever it's called yeah I, I do have a question uh yeah. one other question that and then Let's you can go. talk about both so what is notable about ezekiel sims is this the villain in madam web yeah so yeah so what's notable about him <laughs> He can't see the future. Madam Webb can see the future. Oh, he was working with <laughs> Madam Webb's mother in the Amazon when she was researching spiders just before she died. That is correct, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so the mm. upcoming Sumka slate. Mm. What do you have to say about it? This <laughs> this looks dark, right? Yeah. This is the like the non winter insulated home of the superhero <laughs> do you know yeah. what i mean like so okay we get venom right that's the first one mm. in this sub universe and everyone's like that wasn't very good uh and mm. but it makes a trillion dollars somehow yeah. right so there, there's enough incentive to keep going um venom 2 came out next yeah yeah i think so yeah yeah it's it's fine. Everyone's like, all right. Uh, I'm kind of getting a gauge for the ability of the writers of the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters, yeah. right? Then Morbius comes out, and it's the most embarrassing blockbuster <laughs> of of our lifetimes, right? Well, I, I would say Doolittle still up there. Doolittle, fuck. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, like, but, the, we watched Mor- that in January of 2020, <laughs> and we were both like. This is legitimately probably the worst film of the decade. (laughs) (laughs) But Morbius, like a total shat its pants in front of everyone movie right yeah. like like and it, and then they did the whole like it became a meme jared leto tried to get it on it and then sony were like we'll put it back in cinemas quickly he's cash in yeah. on everyone talking about actually, it I, and I it do flopped a, again i do have a question about that that oh yeah because they re-released it yeah they that, re-released uh, it it flopped twice richard yeah. is it the only movie in history to flop <laughs> twice um who is the credited writer of morbius 2 it's morbin time uh tim allen no uh bartholomew cubbins as a uh, from the the dr seuss character from the 500 hats of bartholomew uh, cubbins which is a um alias that jared leto uses from time to right, time because he released that video of him yeah pretending to read a script for it's more than time god what a what a dick but you're also not, just with like these soulless dead eyes yeah. see when he climbed the empire state building the other day <laughs> <laughs> 
So anyway, that movie, I feel like right from the writing was on the wall right from the start, like when the first trailer for Morbius dropped. And it's just- When Morbius was announced. Yeah. And that movie comes out and everyone's like, this feels like it should have come out in 2003. Mm. Like this feels like Elektra. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the grade of movie it is. And I was like, okay, maybe this has shaken up the industry enough for Sony that they can be like, let's be a little bit more careful about how we're going to piggyback off the MCU and what exactly we're going to do here, right? Mm. Then the trailer for Craven comes out. And then the trailer for Madam Webb comes out. And Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I don't know what you think of these trailers, Richard. I think they look worse than Morbius. I, uh, I didn't finish the, tra- the trailer for Craven the Hunter, and then I didn't finish the one for Madame Webb, but then the, the memes started going, so like, I mm. have to watch the whole thing. And mm. now I think it's hilarious. Yeah, these movies... But we, we're getting look, f- four Sumka movies next year, or three. We've got Craven, so Venom, Madame Webb, and Webb, 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 yeah, maybe it's just the three, and then we're only getting Who's one Who's directing movie. Venom 3? Is it Circus again? No, it's a woman making her directorial debut, Terry someone she wrote 50 shades of gray and venom let there be carnage carnage the ti- the wikipedia page for this is called untitled venom let there be carnage sequel yeah it doesn't have a title yet Who- and that's what it is yeah, no i know but you it should say untitled third venom film. venom three yeah like that's so weird this is richard this is going to get edited in the next 24 hours i reckon this is not <laughs> the kind of like shit that wikipedia <laughs> editors let fly for particularly long you know yeah um so what's, what's, what, what's the director's know, name? Sorry, have you got it open? Uh, Kelly Marcel. Kelly, not Terry. <laughs> yeah. So, I yeah. Look, this these movies look so bad, and I'm so shocked at how persistent hmm. this little universe what, is trying I, to be. I was kind of like interested going on the page, like researching this. They now call it Sony Spider Man Universe. That it's like technically. Uh, the Spider-Verse films are kind of part of this or like tangentially. And it's kind of like, I, I said this to you the other day that it's like, if Madam Web and Craven the Hunter and Morbius are the price we have to pay to get this perfect Spider-Verse trilogy, I can mm. live with that. But the, that like you go on the page for Sony Spider-Man universe and I was, it blew my mind to realize, yeah, there's only been three that actually came out because it, there was like a six month period where like every other day there was a new one announced. And it's like, Olivia Wilde's directing one. There's like a uh, Silk or Spider Society. There's like a Spider-Man Noir one. There's Hypno Hustler with Donald Glover. There was El Muerto that, yeah, it was crazy. And and you go on the page, there's still all these things that are like announced or at some stage development that it's crazy mm. to think only three have actually eventuated, presumably leading to some kind of Sinister Six film, um, which was the mm. teased at the end of Morbius. But yeah, fuck. Mm. Do you know what's great as well? You look on like the MCU, even now in phase phase four and five, mm. you look at the directors that pop up, right? You got Sam Raimi, 
Taika Waititi, Chloe Zhao, Richard. Mm. You've got you've got Nia DaCosta. You know, you've got all these e- either famous or like respected in yeah, the yeah. industry, right? Now let's look at the Sony Spider-Man universe <laughs> director slate. You start off Ruben Fleischer. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he's a come for home. He can, can get a job he's, he's, Andy Serkis. Oh, interesting. Oh, what a what an interesting hmm. uh pull there. Uh Daniel Espinosa for Morbius. Um, I'm not familiar with his work. <laughs> uh, and then we can go. Uh, S.J. Clarkson directing Madam Web. Ah, oh, who's <laughs> like? Oh, okay. <laughs> Craven the Hunter. J.C. Chandor. Have you heard that name <laughs> in your life, Richard? And now Kelly Marcel for Venom Three. Who? It's the most exciting name on this list is Kelly Marcel, I think. <laughs> That's so funny. It's so funny. It's such a an imitation, you know. So I mentioned them earlier, but Blumhouse is set to reboot a a superhero franchise which actually featured the first black superhero in a major motion picture. What is that film? Spawn? Yeah, it's Spawn, yeah. Nice. Yeah, cool. Never actually seen Spawn, don't know a lot about the character, but it's one that uh, uh who is it? Todd, someone's Spawn. Everyone like Todd loves McFarlane. Todd, Todd McFarlane. Todd McFarlane Spawn. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, Spawn is a similar movie to like Billy Zane's The Phantom. Like yeah, it's right. kind of like that level of quality. <laughs> yeah, or like The Tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, final question for this round: There are currently five films on the slate for the DCU Chapter One: Gods and Monsters. Oh my god. Can you name those five fucking films? Fucking migraine hearing <laughs> that. Um Superman Legacy? Correct, that's gonna be the first one. Written and directed by James Gunn. Creature Commando. Uh that's a TV show, I believe. That's a TV show. I don't think I know any of the other ones after Superman Legacy. Yeah, so are they, are they guessable? Suicide Squad 2? Something like that? Nah. There's The Authority. <sighs> No, he's gonna go fucking see that movie. <laughs> yeah, the the Brave and the Bold, which is his Batman one. Uh, uh, I believe Andy Machete is directing that. Who did mm-hmm, yeah. uh, it and the Flash? The Flash. And yeah, it's gonna be a Batman and Robin, Bat Fam, you know, unconventional family sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, and Swamp Thing, which James Mangold is directing. And I think Swamp Things. Like it's kind of like a do this when you get to it. Like we'll we'll leave Swamp Thing I, for I you. I reckon you want you want to bet some money it won't it won't come out. No, I don't think Swamp Thing's coming out. Yeah. I think well because well, James Mangold's or, got his Star Wars film as well. It's, but I reckon it's this or his Star Wars film. Yeah, yeah, I don't think both. he's going to get yeah. to both. Yeah. yeah, totally. So yeah, like to answer the question, do you think superhero fatigue is a real thing? James Gunn. His rebuttal to that, which you sort of mentioned, was like, people are getting tired of the same stories. But yeah, what do you think? Like, do you think the superhero fatigue is real? Yeah, I think I think that it is real. And I think the, it's not, like, so to say people are getting tired of the same stories is like, yeah. And the, the, the story parameters that a superhero movie needs is the problem. That is the story. Like, he's trying to pretend like it's not. But it is the, like, I'm sick of pretending like um, it's normal that people would dress up like this and fight crime. I'm sick of pretending like, like, I'm sick, sick of suspending my disbelief when a someone is involved in some 
event that gives them superpowers only to discover that someone else also got superpowers but they're evil you know like yeah Mm. they are the same stories james gunn and you've told like three of them (laughs) you know like it's it's so i'm i maybe i'm growing up you know maybe i'm getting too old for them and that's fine whatever but i am just like I want to see different stories. You think about someone like Jordan Peele, you know? Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson, even. Um, (laughs) Let's get some new voices. Ones that sound like Kermit the Frog. (laughs) And let's get Kermit the Frog. Let's get new Muppets movies. People people don't have Muppet fatigue, Richard. They're just sick of seeing the same People have Muppet withdrawal. Yeah, I people have don't have role. people don't have peanuts fatigue, Richard. They're just sick of seeing Lucy lift up the football when Charlie Brown goes to kick. <laughs> that's a good like, analogy. <laughs> that, that's what he's saying, though. Hmm. You know, essentially. But it's like the the thing with peanuts is you cannot tell a story about that. But you, for something to be a superhero movie, by definition, it has to conform to a certain list of tropes. And I think I'm sorry, James Gunn. Those tropes are what people are sick mm. of. Do you, do you think that there are, like... Has there been anything in recent memory for you that's, uh, like, a, a technically a superhero movie but doesn't fall into those tropes? I mean, Joker, kind I mean, of, to be honest. Yeah, but I didn't like Joker. But I didn't mm. like Joker because I'm a feminist, not because I hate superhero movies. Mm. <laughs> um, no, I think, like, there. I'm certainly not anti-blockbuster. Does that... Can I say that? Like, uh, like no, you, I, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> like I am I'm kind of ashamed of this because I kind of don't want it to be that way hmm. but John Wick chapter 4 is currently my favorite movie of the year. Wow. I don't want it to stay there. Yeah. I'm just being honest with my emotional reaction to mm. each film. Sick and second place is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which if I'd watched a version which had a sound mix that I could understand, I probably would have ranked that first. That's so right. to answer your question yeah, to, to answer your question, it's probably Spider-Man across, or yeah. I, I think I prefer Into to across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just a more um, complete film. It's a more complete film, and also, as much as they tried to pretend it was something else, showing clips from other film universes in mm. the Spider-Verse section, I was like, "This, I'm sorry, but this is taking away. This is taking away some of the perfection of this <laughs> franchise for me." Um, because there's no difference. Like, I think they wanted to try and act like there was something special about it, but seeing like that hastily cropped out image of Andrew Garfield crying from mm. one of the amazing Spider-Man movies, that is no different than Nicolas Cage appearing in The Flash, I don't think. Right, it's yeah. just in a better movie. <laughs> did you see the interview with Nicolas Cage where he was talking about his appearance How in The Flash? How he didn't even know about it? No, no, so, so no, that's, that's not technically true. So he went in and he... Like he actually filmed for that scene. They put the dots on his oh. face, and he and he did all this stuff. And because the what's happening in that moment is that like the multiverse is collapsing, and all these worlds are being destroyed. And he got told. He said it was yeah you know, half a day that he got told what was happening. He was watching the world be destroyed, and to just stand there and put that look on his face. And he did that. They captured it, put it in the film, and then he saw the film, and he was fighting this giant robot spider. And mm. well, I don't even know if it's actually a robot spider, giant spider, and the wild, wild west. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so it's like, out. but yeah, it's interesting that. Um, and so he was, yeah, but pissed off about that, which is interesting. I so to answer your question, I would say 
Spider-Man Into Slash Across the Spider-Verse are still movies I am invested in, but that is far less to do with their plots and more to do with their writing Mm. and their animation and their voice acting. Like, those movies are the only movies I can think of, really, that happen to be superhero movies, but I think are achieving a lot more. Good enough movies in spite of that. The, The other thing that, like, a lot of people talk about is that superheroes are just the westerns of today and like kevin kevin feige has spoken about this that it's like there was 40 years of westerns and was there 40 years of them i Mm. guess i'm eating my words now saying like that 12 years was a long time for a subgenre to well but also like the yeah like westerns were never really the biggest films and like like, that's kind of the difference is that like we look back now and like a lot of westerns have survived but it was like yeah there was just like a new western every every week you know like we say about superhero movies but yeah and then it's a it's a genre that died out but you still occasionally get a western or like something inspired by western and yeah i mean like i don't know it's an easy argument to shut people up when they criticize superhero movies but i don't think it necessarily holds that much weight i think that superhero movies require a lot more specificity than westerns yeah yeah, exactly a lot of westerns are just called that after the fact you know Mm. oh that's a western because it takes place in a desert Mm. westerns also presumably comparatively very cheap to make yeah uh they also aren't uh public like peddling subtle right-wing propaganda (laughs) actually (laughs) 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 they probably were but it's still it's still they weren't like a symptom of mm. like late stage capitalism they weren't a symptom of like an industry there was still passion going into them and they weren't franchises most of the times so like name a name a classic western franchise you name the man with no name mm. right which wants you so bad to not realize it's a franchise yeah. seemingly you know magnificent seven which is boring <laughs> yeah. about i it. think a lot of westerns so are boring yeah yeah the- right so now shifting gears we're going to be talking like specifically about marvel and i think there's like the post end game marvel has really struggled and part of that is covid and we will talk about that as well but i've got again remember this is a quiz i've got 10 questions here each one's sort of relating to uh a different thing that people blame for marvel falling off and mm-hmm. so we can talk about like you know does marvel have a post game problem and what is the cause of that and maybe mm-hmm. i think we might find out it's actually a little bit of all of these things <laughs> so maybe the answer is the most inoffensive and boring one <laughs> it's everything when we're not going to commit to one single uh mm. killer of cinema <laughs> so one that uh you know, to start off with a bit of a bummer one that i think that sucks to blame to put a lot of the blame on, but I think part of the, you know, it, it Marvel falling off or feeling unfocused, especially in phase four is the death of Chadwick Boseman that it seems like 100%. Yeah. Black Panther was going to be the new face of the franchise. The first film did so fucking well, better than anyone could have anticipated. And then, you know, the, the way he sort of leads a lot of infinity war and he's the first one to come back out of the portal and in game, that it seems like, yeah, they were, they were putting a lot of hope on Chadwick Boseman. Uh, he passed away, but I do have a question for you. So uh, he won a Primetime Emmy Award in 2022 for his performance uh, in 
for outstanding character voiceover performance for his performance in What If T'Challa Became a Star-Lord. But there was actually one other posthumous uh, nominee in that category. Can you tell me who that was? What was the category again? Uh, Outstanding character voiceover performance. Um, Ray Liotta. No, No. he wasn't dead yet. (laughs) Uh, It was Jessica Walter in Archer who was nominated posthumously two years in a row. There was a second nomination. Wow. Yeah, it's a nominee in 2021 and 2022. Mm. Yeah, what do you think nice. about the loss of Chadwick Jessica Boseman? Walter, love her. Yeah. <laughs> um, I th- it, it was really interesting when that happened. I'm trying to speak sensitively, and I'll just apologize in advance if I say anything that's maybe a little callous, because little I remember at, at, at the time Chadwick Boseman died, and it was like, Everyone was like, holy shit. And then five minutes pass and every nerd on the planet thought to themselves, what are they going to do about Black Panther 2 now? Mm. You know, like no one was saying it, but that's... A lot of people were where, saying it, to be fair. Yeah, sure. But but like the podcasts of the world, the, mm. the movie podcasts of the world were like, listen, it's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Let's not do an episode now on what should Black Panther 2 be. Mm. Um, And... But yeah, I think it's a massive part of it. And I think what's funny as well is I, 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 I don't know how much of this was like publicly seen by the mainstream, but um, uh, what's her name from Black Panther? Oh, Letitia, Letitia Wright. Wright. <laughs> Letitia Wright's like anti-vax bullshit. Mm. Like it's, I wonder how much that contributed at least to people not seeing Black Panther 2. Mm. Because they were like, I thought, I like, it got to the point where Black Panther 2 was like, what the fuck is this gonna, movie even going to be? Your main star has died, and the obvious backup is probably going to be fired by Marvel mm. any moment now. Um, and I reckon that it's, it's, it's really interesting, I guess, putting it in the hands of her and being like, this one woman with... with loopy opinions <laughs> was had like devastating consequences for an all an already shaky ground i saw one comment on twitter when bozeman died that was like recast him like you recast like like if if this was a white actor you'd recast him was well was, i mean look like, at I, um thunderbolt ross was recast almost immediately with harrison ford almost, there you go but there it's obviously go. a much less important character totally but we're we're here here is okay I'm, I'm, I've, this is something I thought about the other day, and I think I've said it before, is that there was a time in cinema, and even in superhero movies, where you could recast. You could recast the main character, mm. and the movie would still do well. You know, look at Batman. Look at, like Jack uh, Ryan and shit. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, like, you can do that, and people were willing to forgive it. And Marvel did something that I bet their editorial team, their, their story team, deeply regret which is they canonized recasting. They made recasting mean something canonically in their story. So now, like back in Iron Man 2, you just get Don Cheadle in and he's replaced Terrence Howard. No one's going to ask any questions. It's a movie. Hmm. They're playing a character. But then they started to go, actually, if a different actor is playing a character you know, that actually means something in the wider multiverse right right? you're talking about like no way home yeah that kind of thing and you know loki does it as well like all sorts of things are doing it Mm. and then chadwick boseman died and then uh, (laughs) um 
we had uh, another big uh, controversy. Well, I guess a death isn't a controversy. But then Jonathan Majors, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's, that, that is an even more crucial character in terms of like plotting they've named a film after him already they've named a film after him and they've established this guy looks like this in every universe (laughs) you know like they made him there could not be a worse character in the series for the actor to be cancelled than Jonathan Majors as Kang, I reckon. Because it, it's too contextual now. And so that's what I'm saying about uh, Chadwick Boseman as well, is that it's like there was there's this reverence to Chadwick Boseman for all Black Panther, all the, you know, the wonderful um things it did when mm. it came out. And it's like the I saw and I think I saw a tweet, and I think it was by like a a African American like commentator who was like recast him because that's the only way to like don't don't if you if you put this reverence on Ch- only chadwick boseman can be black panther you're you're almost doing like the reverse problem of not like, having yeah the thing of yeah. like you know quote unquote reverse racism where it's reverse like reverse racism yeah. you're which is you know not really a uh, not reverse racism isn't really a thing but it's like no. uh what people talk about that the idea that it's like giving special treatment because Mm, yeah 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 and i don't know what did you think of black panther 2 i liked a lot of it i think that it's i really like how seriously it took it like Mm. that it wasn't like oh main star's dead oh no he's right behind me isn't he but yeah and and that it it was like two hours solid two hours into the film before Shuri suits up as as black panther 2 yeah but then it didn't really it hasn't stuck with me but i i really liked it, it when i watched it either. but yeah mm, it hasn't stuck with me either and i also think that like there's a i, I first saw this when um john ritter died and yeah. that episode of eight simple rules that was like this was never supposed to be what eight simple rules was about yeah generally you know, like eight, i I've made Scrubs my thing, as I've told you off pod, but Family Guy is no longer my thing. Scrubs is my thing. He was, uh, the day after he died, he was supposed to do, to appear on Scrubs again. And so they like completely rewrote the episode and to become the one where um, Tom Cavanagh shows up as his brother with the cake and says, dad died. Mm. That that episode was written in like 24 hours and they just called him like, can you get on our plane and do this? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, I felt like them having to deal with T'Challa's death Hmm. was so weird and such Hmm. a, like, like, plotting-wise, it's pretty crazy to, like, bring a character back from the snap and then just have him Have him die die off screen. Off screen, right? And so I think, I think... If we're talking about pivotal moments that Marvel went down and we're saying Chadwick Boseman's death was something, I think the wrong decision was made in repairing that. I think they should have recast T'Challa. Yeah, or just... If you if you are going to have someone else suit up, that it's like maybe it would have been better to not do Black Panther two and have Shuri show up on something else as, as Black Panther. Totally, but then it's like, yeah, you're not, yeah. I guess, but then at the same time, it's like you want to... Because, you know, like, it's actually, you know, Ryan Coogler was very good friends with this guy. And, like, it's actually this this little Black Panther family that wanted to appropriately grieve 
and you know they just happen to do it on a multi-million dollar film yeah exactly and that doesn't necessarily make a good film mm. i'm sure it can you know i'm sure that experience Matrix, can... um, uh what, what's what? resurrection Re- resurrections absolutely I know like, a lot I'm of people sure hated that but i that was someone grieving on the big screen and i really liked it yeah yeah like i think there is room to work real life and public tragedy into your art yeah eight simple rules uh, but i i <laughs> like such as eight simple rules well no i'd say the scrubs is a much less important character in scrubs mm. but like the scrubs episode is fine the eight simple rules thing is like mm. i don't really want to watch the sitcom anymore because the main character died and the characters had to pretend that the mm. character he played it just feels icky to me mm. and yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have anything more to say about Black Panther other than I agree that it's one of one of the first things that knocked them off their yeah. relatively pristine track record. Yeah, yeah. The very hard decisions to have, like, to be made at Marvel, though. And I'm sure they would have talked to his family and, and everything, and, and Ryan Coogler as well would have been a big part of that. Ryan Coogler has sort of since come out and said what his original plan was and that it was that uh it would be about t'challa being gone for five years his son grows up without him and then this father-son story now from the perspective of the father because in the last one in the first one it's like how does a son live without his father to guide him and yeah this one's now from the perspective of the father having missed all these important Sounds years better. yeah and um, i'm sure it would have been fantastic but the thing about the chadwick boseman thing is obviously that like he died in 2020 which was you know the height of covid and i think that the big covid delays like at the time we were kind of like oh you know this is kind of the best thing for marvel that they can have in game take a break for once and then we can come back and like really get excited about it again but due to covid and things being in various stages of production we and not being able to go to cinemas but being able to watch disney plus and and whatnot a lot of things are reshuffled and i think that 2020 you know a few things happened chadwick Boseman dying is one of them covid's another one that was sort of big uh arrows and marvel's knee but can you tell me aj what was the original first project of phase four and then what actually was the first project of phase four to be released oh my god um the first project was wandavision yeah the first project was going to be falcon and the winter soldier no it was it was you're right that those two did switch order but before falcon the winter soldier was supposed to be black widow that's right yep i remember the other big thing that happened is that uh Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was supposed to be before No Way Home. There, there was there was quite a few other like little bits and pieces, but those like mm. that's the one that the story actually had to be rewritten mm. because of it didn't make sense to yeah. Mm. Nice, interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I you know we've talked about this before. I think that Endgame should have been the end of Phase Three, but it was uh far from home far from home and i thought that was pretty silly and i never thought they they justified that so i'd actually say that being part of phase three i reckon far from home coming out before the pandemic Mm. is is the first slip up 
I yeah. reckon if, if if and it's so frustrating because that movie had been delayed six months, we would have had a legitimate yeah, breathing yeah. room for yeah, Endgame yeah. because it wouldn't have come out for another two years or whatever, yeah. right? And I also think then um, a lot of what became No Way Home. Uh, would be a bit different as well and i didn't i've grown very sour on no way home <laughs> since seeing it um and like this it, it's almost like clockwork it's like end game was this big cathartic release and success and then i feel like every single thing that came out after it i was spotting problems in it you mm. know like like far from home it's too early it, it came out too soon and there's a few other problems i have with with the plotting but then like um something like uh uh WandaVision we've talked about this and we don't need to necessarily mm. go into it but I wasn't particularly happy with a lot of WandaVision's direction I was very unhappy with Falcon of the Winter Soldier's direction I mm. was um and and a big one was Black Widow coming out and it's like why the fuck is this coming out now this mm. should have come out after Civil War you know like all of a sudden this meticulously designed franchise of 20 something Pre- at least pretty good movies was faltering every time they released something new um and i think that's really interesting there was a time when i would have said there are no bad mcu movies there are kind of boring ones but none of them are ruining the yeah. overall story unlike star wars which i feel like certain star wars movies ruin the whole star wars experience mm-hmm. and now i'm like no there are absolutely bad mcu movies and shows and they absolutely ruin what i want this what what was good about the story yeah what well, that's the thing that we had our first uh rotten on rotten tomatoes marvel movie mm. which was eternals which a movie i quite like yeah same <laughs> but aj can you name all 10 eternals no i'll, I'll just say no how many can you get through jargus bonfo creek screek minotaur um zeus uh maverick uh pinocchio um alvis um and marcel the shell with shoes on all right do you want to is there any that you actually legitimately remember i actually cannot remember druig uh yeah that's right yeah that was um yeah there you go What's his face? This character, Barry Clarkson. Yeah. character. So there, uh, you got Cersei, Icarus, Kingo, Sprite, Fastos, Makari, Druig, Gilgamesh, Ajax, and Thena. I reckon my joke names were not that. I'd like what they. Oh no! Yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah, so there's Eternals, and the I've got three questions about three critical flop because it was like yeah, the first time we were getting like real critical flops uh what is the name of the villain from ant-man who returns as modok in quantum mania darren cross that's correct yeah i actually wish i didn't remember that yeah i thought i thought you might remember it but like <laughs> wouldn't want to um then yeah so i think eternals and quantum mania are the only two rotten rated thor love and thunder is like 63 percent it's just above and but then the lowest rated thing in the MCU currently is Secret Invasion. And I know you haven't watched it. I made it through two episodes. But can you tell me who is not a scroll in Secret Invasion? Uh, you got Everett Ross, which is Martin Freeman's character, James Rhodey Rhodes, or Maria Hill? I don't think Everett Ross is a scroll. Is it two of them aren't? 
one or they all are. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the opening scene of Secret Invasion is um, Everett Ross being shot and turning into a scroll. Uh, Maria Hill is wow. not a scroll. Wow. I think that is so stupid. Yeah. Um, I think there are characters. The whole thing was like, who's going to be a scroll? And it's like, too oh, many of these guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> too many of these guys have been doing too much shit in the MCU to be a scroll by now. I think Rhodey. I haven't seen it. I haven't yeah. seen Secret. So we don't know but, when Rhodey was replaced. I also haven't even got to, and I probably won't, like, got to the reveal. So I don't understand exactly how it is. And like, so when does you don't ever know- die in. No, so, so sure. the idea is that, like, I think on, like, the Scrolls ship... Because these are one of my favourite characters of yeah, the yeah. <laughs> On, like, the Scrolls ship, they, like, Everett's there and he's, like, being... He's having his ship beamed into his brain. And they, like, rescue... They definitely rescue Rhodey at the end. I don't know what happens with Everett Ross, but... But the thing is, as well, that it's, like, Scrolls take all of, like, your memories and shit. So it's, like, they're not not you kind of thing. Like, it's weird. Yeah, but right. the... I, I if I was Marvel, I would be like, yeah, it was he was just a real bad scroll and he got replaced between Iron Man and Iron Man 2 and didn't get the look right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's funny as well? Out of those three characters, Maria Hill would be the only one that I would be like, Yeah, you can make her a scroll. Yeah, she's I a scroll in two- Far From Home, but uh she she right. dies in the series though. Hmm. Who uh, gives a shit? Yeah, exactly. It's so funny. I was th- I'm just thinking, like, because of the order we've done these rounds in, I reckon a Martin Scorsese type would listen to the first two rounds and be like, yes, Kings, yes, you're 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 preaching what we are trying to save. And then they'd get to this round and be like, What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't fucking care. Like, we had we had these mature conversations about the industry, and now we're like, yeah, apparently Maria Hill isn't a scroll, but she dies in the series. Um, but yeah, a lot of people annoyed about the the roadie reveal because it means that the or potentially means that th- he wasn't there in Endgame, and so the death of Tony, which is openly spoiling all these movies, but the death of Tony Stark in Endgame, Rhodey wasn't actually there for. But I, mm. I kind of think that because Armor Wars, which was going to be a TV show and is now apparently going to be a movie, which is centered around Rhodey. I don't know. I kind of like, it'll be an interesting subplot if you deal with the fact that like this dude is awoken and his best friend has died. And also people were gone for five years and all this shit. Mm. I never knew any of this. Yeah. <laughs> I think in 20 to 30 years' time, and yeah. like part of the reason that Marvel, the, the downfall of Marvel and it happened over Phase 4 is that, to me, I think like Phase 4 just felt so aimless. Phase 1 was building towards the Avengers. Phase 2 was like... Phase 2 kind of at least had like the momentum of that, that it was like, oh, we've seen what you're capable of. I'm still on board. Yeah, yeah. And then by the time we got to phase three, it was very much like this is building towards Thanos. And whereas phase four was just like, well, where is this going? We've now been told this is the multiverse saga and yada, yada. But I think that for Marvel fans and, you know, when you're up to phase 19 or whatever, that you'll look back at phase four as being like, oh, that's the one where they just fucking introduced a shitload of characters. And like mm. pretty much every project has like, I mean, you know, we just looked at Eternals, which has 10 new characters, um, new main characters, essentially, as well. And, but what, yeah, there's a lot of characters that have been introduced and then, like, not paid off in any way. Like, the Etern- there's a giant celestial coming out of the ocean at the end of Eternals and no one's mentioned it again. 
and I think that's part partially because of like the production lines of these films and stuff. But uh, I'm going to give you a a Marvel project, and you have to tell me the character randomly introduced in the post credit scene. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, it randomly introduces Hercules. Yeah, Playboy Roy Kent from uh, Ted Lasso, which is a fun thing. Uh, Black Panther. Uh, young T'Challa? Yeah, uh, yeah T'Challa Jr. He's not necessarily really- got to be like a superhero, but uh, She-Hulk, TV show. Oh, Hulk's son. Yeah, yeah, Scar. Uh, Black Widow. Uh, uh, Elaine from Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Was that character. where she was introduced, though? Or was so she this is she was in uh, Captain America. No, the yeah, Falcon she was in Falcon Soldier. Winter Soldier first. She was supposed to be introduced in Black Widow and then reappear, but it ended up being the other way around. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I'll still count it. Uh, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, and then uh, lastly, Eternals introduced um, Star Fox. Yeah, Harry Styles carried Eros. I also would have accepted Pip the Troll, uh, the Black Knight, and Blade. Mm. Yes, that's right. It introduced four characters yeah. that's supposed to get seen. Which I think, if we're going to pull this back to being a little bit more academic like the first two rounds, <laughs> I think what Marvel have done here is not only was Phase 4 so aimless, Richard, mm. it also did so much. There's also so much of it. Mm right and it's like imagine if phase one was as aimless as phase four and it'd be like it's five movies who gives a shit Yeah, exactly this is like five tv shows and six movies it's like yeah no wonder people are like fucking they're confused there's no jump on point anymore yeah and there's a lot of jump off points um and and i think the the relentlessness of it plays into what we were talking about in the other two rounds that like All of these things is not only um, are they bad for the economy of cinema, not not sorry, not the box office. They're very good, for the <laughs> box office, but but you know the spiritual economy of of cinema, and not only are people already sick of the genre. Twelve seven. Well, how many years in? Like fifteen years in. Thousand eight. Yeah, yeah. Um. And not only that, but the biggest thing of all is it's not fucking slowing down. Yeah. It's ramping up and people are checking out. Kevin Feige has said that they're going to focus a bit more on quality than quantity. But like yeah, talking but about Kevin the- Feige yeah. <laughs> Kevin Feige also says the dogs can't look up. <laughs> but the the thing you're saying about like the projects, the most the like one of the most staggering things for me is that like the so Anthony Mackie, um, Falcon, is given the cap shield at the end of Endgame, which is the 22nd MCU project. And then three projects later, he appears as in full suit as Captain America. There's then 23 projects in between that and him appearing again. And that's if you're not counting individual episodes of some of those. Yeah, projects. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that fucking insane? That it's like before we get um, Captain America, Brave New World, not New World Order. That yeah, which is now coming out 2025, I think. Hmm. Crazy shit. One hmm. of the other things that I'm certainly getting sick of 
but like it is like all this multiverse bullshit and pulling in shit from old i mean like the multiverse as a thing as like a concept is a bit played out anyway but like this idea of like taking someone from a non-mcu marvel film and popping them in and and it's like holy shit look look what we've done but there's like this still was surprising a- in 2019 when you did it for the first time yeah but like there is still a part of me that's like excited for these cameos and i hate that i am like totally yeah that, that like i it's, reckon it's martin cool scorsese himself could not deny a glint of excitement yes yeah. a, a slight endorphin rush every yeah. time so when jk simmons appears at the end of far from home martin scorsese himself is like this is so hype <laughs> <laughs> so uh which of the which of these character and characters is not rumored to appear in deadpool 3 so you've got <laughs> Jennifer Garner as Electra, mm-hmm. Channing Tatum as Gambit, Miles mm-hmm. Teller as Mr. Fantastic, Owen Wilson as Mobius M. Mobius, or Chris mm-hmm. Evans as the Human Torch. I'm going to say Channing Tatum is not rumored. Uh, no, so the only one there that's not officially rumored is Miles Teller as Mr. Fantastic. Right. There's yeah. a... a I haven't seen anything rumored to be coming back from the 2015 film, but yeah, apparently this might be Channing Tatum's one chance to play Gambit. Jennifer Garner as Electra is like confirmed, I think. Um, and then potentially it's going to involve the TVA and shit as well. So on Wilson will be there. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care. Like this like, is like, I've if t- Deadpool was the first multiverse movie or the first movie to do, like if they weren't doing this seriously at the same time, mm. this would be, you know, dream project. I but, talked before about the, the tropes of a superhero movie. Yeah. I didn't even mention multiverse, which has its own series of tropes mm. and they're both fucking doing it. Both Marvel and DC and Sony are doing it. Yeah. They're all doing it. <laughs> It's so, it gives me the biggest fucking headache and I don't care about seeing this happen anymore. It was mildly interesting when it first came up and now it's just like it is breaking down the walls between art and commerce and the film industry. Well, it's also like we've seen it perfected in superhero movies with um, Spider-Verse and we've sure. seen it perspect- perfected outside of superhero movies with everything everywhere. And I, I saw a thing, I can't remember exactly how it went, but that it's like the thing that everything everywhere in Spider-Verse got right about the multiverse is that it's about different versions of you. Mm. And that it's like the idea of exploring the multiverse and being like, oh, like, you know, it's, it's, um, DC and Marvel are both using it to be like, look, we got this guy back and this it to be like, look how big the universe is. Whereas everything everywhere and uh Spider-Verse both used it to to tell a personal message of look how big your potential is. Hmm. Which is such Very a more cool. interesting message. And also, there are gonna be a billion, you know, nerds that disagree with me. I just I don't think this crossing over IP using using the multiverse as an avenue to cross over different IPs, I don't think it works. I don't think it's ever worked. Mm. I can't think of an example I like. When do you or reckon an example that that paid off? What give me a year? Mm. What year do you reckon we're going to see? This is one of the questions officially. What year do you reckon we're going to see uh Marvel versus DC on the big screen in live action? Ah, uh, 
I reckon we're still probably 20 years, 20, 30 years. Maybe we'll look back and be like, oh, remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, remember that like no, 38% know. of Ron Tomatoes in Marvel vs. <laughs> yeah. DC? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure how likely that even is. To James Gunn has said it's a matter of time. He thinks, right? I don't know, twenty thirty. Yeah, I would say twenty thirty as well. End of the decade. Mm. Part of the reason, one of the reasons that maybe Marvel's going downhill as well is it's just getting too big. Uh, people are having to repeat themselves. And can you tell me which upcoming title character is being played by an actor that's already appeared in the MCU? Oh, can I see a slate of the upcoming <laughs> MCU films? Okay. Let's go. Blade. Yeah, so Mahershala Ali was in Luke Cage, uh, which is Mm. arguably part of the MCU. Mm. Played a character called Cottonmouth, who was apparently, I didn't watch Luke Cage, apparently the best part of the show, and then they killed him off like halfway through, and the show wasn't as good after that. (laughs) In classic MCU fashion. Classic MCU style. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing that we talked about before is that... I mentioned about how I think we're going to look back at 2023 as being a tipping point or the year the bubble burst. And mm. we saw that like last week or the week before that the Marvels actually has the lowest opening for an MCU film at the box office. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me what other two films round out the bottom three? From 2023? No, no, from Marvel. What are the three lowest, oh, sorry. Three uh, lowest Marvel yeah. openings? Ant- Ant- Ant-Man... And Ant-Man 3? You were correct and then you incorrected yourself. Ant-Man and let's go Incredible Hulk. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. 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 So yeah, uh, Marvel's made 47 million opening weekend, Incredible Hulk 55.4 mil and Ant-Man 57.2 mil. Mm. Nice. Because I think Ant-Man, like maybe Civil War was the tipping point when it was like, which was the film after Ant-Man, that it's like anything Marvel does is a is a success. Whereas like Ant-Man was still at the stage of like, it's a bit of a silly idea. I don't know if I'm into this one. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And I also think that like, here's, here's the, the Greek tragedy of the MCU, right? Mm. Is that they have, all these things that we've discussed have contributed to the quote unquote death of cinema. And now the MCU itself is suffering financially Mm. where it matters right financially suffering from that and they can't save it they can't do anything about it no one can save it because no one's seeing the fucking auteur films either Mm. you know like what's gonna barbie's all we have barbie and oppenheimer all we have Mm. (laughs) the last one i have that i think again we're gonna see a this is a recently resolved thing that we're going to see the effects Mm -hmm. of but uh, how long did the recent sag after strike last last 147 days 118 days i think you might be thinking the writer strike but the yeah the writer strike was longer but yeah it was only six weeks the um sag strike the longest one in history was in 2000 which was three months wow it's I thought it was much weeks. longer than that. Yeah, it was longer than six d- weeks. I don't know. It directly affected my career and workload. Yeah, so yeah. I thought it was longer. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, yeah, 118 days is more than. How long is 118? That's more than three months. What the hell? Maybe. Yeah, long? I thought it was a weird thing to say, Richard, but I was like, Richard knows maths and I fucking don't, so uh, I shouldn't comment. Yeah, stupid variety. 148 days was the writers, and then SAG strike was 118 days yeah which is more than six weeks okay variety 
you dick. It, it felt like a lot longer than six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And that's the quiz. Do you think Marvel has a post end game problem? <laughs> uh to put it <laughs> to put it uh bluntly, incredibly mildly, yeah. Yes. Um Do you think that the, in twenty to thirty years we're gonna look back at a at this as a dip post end game and it really found itself afterwards, or is this the no, I reckon in a mere uh, a quick six weeks of 118 days, <laughs> they'll already be back on track. It's 16 weeks. Maybe that's what the problem was. Yeah, maybe. 16 weeks, a lot longer than six weeks as well, isn't it? Yeah. More than double. <laughs> yeah. Triple almost. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I think that this has been great to kind of dissect. It's something which feels like we have needed to comment on for a wee while. And, um, I think the one silver lining here is the, the is the Barbies and the Oppenheimers of the box office that are like these bright sparks of creativity that are doing well. Yeah. And we talk a lot about Hollywood learning the wrong lessons and it's it's frustrating because like to even make a sequel to Barbie is to ignore the lessons of Barbie. Mm. But maybe there is room to, yeah. to grow, maybe there is room to to realize that it's not about sequels anymore. Maybe people in general are getting tired of sequels, and they instead of being the lack of inundated with, yeah, yeah, and, and instead of being inundated with a mythology, they need to update themselves on. They can just go into single-serving films, you know. Maybe mm. that's the future. I hope it is. I think, yeah, that like, I, I'm always fascinated looking back at some of our early episodes of this podcast and you know stuff like the state of marvel that, that like if you listen to some of those podcasts now it's like oh yeah like i can't believe we didn't know about this yet or like oh yeah that thing was in the works and like sometimes i'm amazed by how quickly i know films take a long time you know to make but also how quickly they can be made like you know that like on the podcast we talk about like oh they're making a fantastic beasts film and now it's like that franchise has been and gone that like it'll be interesting in another five years to look back at this podcast and talk about you know how naive we were at the state of marvel because the kang dynasty and secret wars will have been and gone in five years time theoretically yeah. uh they're due to come out 2026 i think now, I, think. I think kang dynasty might have already gone to be honest <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they're like well like, oh yeah i forgot it used to be called kang dynasty who was that guy that they that, that used to play who was kang? that guy again yeah yeah i do think as well that like one of the big sort of entering their flop era mm. things is that you know they're pinning everything on like think about the first time we saw thanos right that it mm. was the post-credit scene of Avengers, this threatening guy out in space that like, oh shit, Loki was a big threat, but this guy was pulling all the strings behind even that. Mm. And then he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's this feared warlord. He's tortured Nebula. Mm. And, and he's first time we see Kang is in Loki, end of Loki season one, kind of a weird dude, but it's like, oh shit, you know, what, what could this guy be doing? It sort of has that same mistake. Second time we see Kang uh, he's an Ant-Man and he loses to Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah. And they could have ended it there. They could have cut and run there. Yeah. It's they interesting. Did. Like he. They invested. They invested in Jonathan Majors and he is tanking the like outlook. Of I think you could scene. easily just recast him though. That's probably true. That's yeah. probably what they'll do. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, Richard, I've tallied up my points, and you're not going to believe this. I got them all right. Oh, wow. I've actually got I should have 30 out of 30 questions wow. right, um, which is a really good score for, for me. Um, maybe make it a little bit harder next time, <laughs> buddy. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody, to our little uh, disappointed roundup of our of the the state of Hollywood, of the MCU, of superhero movies. Let us know your thoughts, and you can do that by jumping on the Discord, which you can see a link in the show notes to. Uh, and yeah, hop in. I'm sure, like if you've never joined the Discord before, come and join it, especially if you're not a male film buff i think it'd be cool to diversify (laughs) our discord a little bit more um although if the mcu has taught us anything it's once you go woke you go broke Mm. so actually maybe stay out no girls allowed (laughs) Uh, i just just think it doesn't make sense like i I think women just don't use discord i just think that like Mm. scientifically it's not accurate to have yeah, yeah. i'm trying to do the same character yeah but I, I, I think it, it yeah. came across the, the, as too the other earnest. great one <laughs> the, other, the, other, the other great one is um is yeah go woke go broke i mean look at the highest grossing movie of the look at the second highest grossing movie of the year like it's <laughs> christopher nolan rocks please <laughs> yeah, well second um, highest is um super mario movie ah, with our boy what? chris pratt did you see the yeah. tomorrow war <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can support us also by following us on Instagram and X and in parentheses formerly Twitter as it's now rebranded as which is the sign of a failed rebrand um, you said the and exact thing at the end of the last podcast did I? okay cut it out then I'm I'll not I'm gonna ample I'm gonna make it louder <laughs> you can also support us financially on patreon.com slash show. if you give us enough money we'll fucking save cinema our bloody selves <laughs> uh, thank you for listening everybody and stay tuned for the post credit scene coming at you after this music ends welcome along everybody to the post credit scene a segment named after it's you know made famous by a franchise we just spent the last two hours deriding yeah Uh, a a, a podcast i thought was going to be like an hour (laughs) yeah <laughs> uh this is a segment where at the end of each episode if you donate five dollars or more over at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about richard who's it from and what is it today's one comes to us from nick gallagher who says what classic 90s show do you think is crying out for a tv or move a tv show or a movie and who would you cast Whew. <laughs> Very big question for a posted two-hour podcast where my brain is I think the, melted the one that I am surprised hasn't come back in some form, and it, it, while there was a funny or die sketch, is Captain Planet. Feels like we need him now more than ever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Magic let's School Bus. Go magic a magic school bus movie doesn't it sound they like did reboot some... magic school bus though didn't they on netflix with um no. uh kate mckinnon with as miss, miss kate mckinnon yeah and yeah. it doesn't like she live action... everyone <laughs> doesn't live action magic school bus sound like the next project from like an exciting up-and-coming director that yeah. is like the death knell for their career where they sold out was when they yeah, yeah. the magic school bus movie no let's go where is the tim allen home improvement revival hmm. home homer home improvement homer improvement 
Homer I do. The Simpsons is my answer. Yeah. That's Simpsons, we need another Simpsons movie. From from the 90s. Yeah. I do also yeah. think it's weird we've never gotten a theatrical Family Guy movie. I know Scrubs is my thing now. Richard, Scrubs is your thing now. I also, I also, the, I mean, Scrubs debuted in 2001, I think, or 2002. Um, Stewie Griffin, The Told Story. <laughs> I'd call it Family Guy, the freaking sweet movie. <laughs> yeah what were other 90s shows i mean like the thing is there's so many of them have been rebooted now it's like actually mm. hard to narrow it down yeah well the ones i genuinely liked are like the wonder years which very quietly got rebooted and yeah. cancelled i found out the other day what was it cancelled um, already yeah um do you have 21 I mean, jump street i hate gargoyles you, you is coming a- back when you do a podcast for eight years, you're bound to repeat yourself. And I've repeated this multiple times, but it is technically an answer to the question. I'm surprised that we haven't revisited the mask. That's mm. a big thing for me. Yeah. Especially in today's climate where people can't get enough of superhero mm. films. Let's get the mask reboot going. I, I, did I read this the other day? I think, but is With Pete Davidson. As, as Stanley Ipkiss. Oh, he would be, yeah. As a punk rock Gen Z Stanley Ipkiss. Yeah. Now, did I dream this or is Doug getting a second movie? 